uh, this week. And I'm pleased to say that we're joined on the line by David Clark, uh, who Hi. runs his own football coaching site. Good evening, David. Good evening. Um, so, first things first, I, I don't know if you managed to watch the under-21s. Yes, yes, I... Uh... Yes, I saw their games. I saw all their games, and um, slight, slight disappointment to say the least. Yeah, we we touched on it last week. But if we go down to say watch a uh, under 15s game at the weekend, relatives playing or whatever, and a lot of it is long ball football. Do, do you think that's an inherent trait in English football in the juniors? Um, I think. Well, you'd say under 15. I, I think the biggest problem is is that um, you know in this country. Uh, we have a history of our of dads running teams, um, and, and within that we have dads, we have parents, and and then of course you have the players. Um, the bigger the player is, it, it has been the case, uh, the better they are at the game, and the more they're likely to get take a long ball and run up the other end and score. And then you know I, I I've taken teams against uh, long ball ball teams quite often, and um, you, you can't deny that in grassroots football, big players with long ball is successful and that's the hardest thing that we have to combat uh, when we look at how the under 21s play because you know if they put big guys in they lump the ball up to them but it's just absolutely pointless as, as, as you can see yeah I, mean, I wondered um if the way that we teach our youngsters to play football how different that is to on the continent say um i've read uh, about in Brazil they train with smaller balls heavier balls so they have to keep it on the floor one and two touch passing etc yeah yeah um that we we haven't got a problem with that I mean futsal which they use in Brazil and, and they use in places like Spain um a, a very similar sort of games with a, a heavier smaller ball um on on smaller courts uh, obviously the problem is um everyone recognizes that this is going to help you but when you go out into grassroots, you, you, you don't see anyone playing it. Like, a, you've got to find somewhere to play it, and B, then you've got to set it up and work it out for yourself. It's quite difficult. So rather than focus solely on what they do, we think about how we can use that idea uh, in grassroots, which is to basically to play small-sided games. Um, I think that, that is the way ahead, and, and, and to, to, to make the sessions that they use so that um, you're bringing out that short passing game. Uh, you know, that, it, that's sorry, Karen. Sorry, no. I was about to say, is it, is it fair to say that we focus too much on results in our younger football compared to learning? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I touched on that before. You know, we it, the the funny, the, the strange thing about England compared probably to uh, places like where you, you have countries like Japan who are who are beginning to grow into playing football, and they they have. Um, you know, they have had a level playing field. So 10 years ago, they probably didn't have any youth teams, but and all their coaches are qualified at youth level. Uh, in England, you could walk down any street and you'd find, you know, you'd find a team here, you know, someone warriors with, with six players and the further up the road, a team with 48 players. So, um, you know, from that point of view, uh, England's quite different um, in, in how they can um, set out and play their games. Um, but... Uh, winning therefore becomes vital to, to these teams. You know, you get a dad who's never ever um, coached before, puts his son in the team, and he's got parents around him. They all want to win the game. You know, that's the main thing. They go out on a Saturday morning, never mind the development of the kids. They don't really care about that. They just want to win the game. And that is the problem the FA have. 
uh, how do you get these, you know, hundreds and thousands of coaches that are just going to coach for three years because their son's in the team and then stop? I mean, they don't want to go on FA courses, but they're quite happy because they're winning every week. But they're winning because, you know, they're, they're, they're creating the game for themselves. Recently, the um, the FA have said they're going to look at, you know, putting maybe a bit more money and a bit more time into grassroots football. Have you got, I mean, it's a, it's a hard question to answer, but why haven't they done this before? Because, you know, I watch the Premier League and I'm a Liverpool fan. I've seen Jamie Carragher hitting 60-yard long balls to... Uh, to strikers for three or four years and it, it drives me insane yeah yeah um i i think the, the problem is is that um the fa have now come up with their youth module uh courses um now there's three of those but um your average grassroots coach is going to find that the expense of that the time of that um all too much especially if he's only going to coach for a few years um you, so, so he's that grassroots coach is, is going off on his own. He's probably watched uh, Liverpool. He's probably watched the Premier League. So he thinks this is, this is basically what he's going to do with his, with his team. I mean, you couple that together. Um, funnily enough, someone said to me, you know, does your team always play out from the back? And I said, well, we turned up a pitch the other week uh, and it had been raining and there was puddles all over the pitch. The ref <laughs> says, oh, we'll, we'll go ahead on it. So if you play these short passing, the yeah, ball's yeah, get, yeah. You know, getting stuck in a muddy pitch. So in England, you, know, you, have to, you have to have that ability at grassroots level to hoof the ball forward. Otherwise, you know, you start playing a short passing game and everyone going crazy because the ball's just sticking in the mud. So we, 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 ha, you know, we, we, we build in all these problems for ourselves. Why we don't play in the summer when you know, the pitches are perfect? And, and, and in the winter, I mean, this winter, for example, has been, has been awful. You know, we put off so many games due purely due to the fact, you know, and we've got a good, we've got an actual ground with a groundsman, and a lot of people are on council pitches that are played two or three games on a Saturday. Then you go and play, you know. So we don't really help ourselves in all that way. And so when the FA say they're going to put money in, well, you know, I seriously hope they look at what they can do for pitches. Yeah, I, mean, I completely agree. Is it? Is it? Mate, do you think we should be changing style, or do you think we should be teaching technique? Do I mean, should we be going out there and trying to be Spain, or should, is it just a kind of basic level of technique we should be teaching? Yeah, I think the one thing we we have we have to technique is the right word because I think first touch. When I was watching in the twenty ones, you know, first touch on 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 their you know their favoured foot, it, it's not great. Um, first touch. Which, which makes it, you know, if you watch a Spanish player, his first touch makes his next pass easy because he moves the ball into position. Well, with English players, the first touch, it doesn't seem to help. So the second pass is always slightly out and then the third pass is out and so we lose the ball. <clears throat> um, if you think of how um, we go back to futsal and we go back to small-sided games, when players are getting the ball a lot and their first touch is vital to that game, then that's when they're developing themselves. And if we can do this, you know, between the age of 19 and, and, and say, 14, and you can just develop their the skills and their techniques and 1v1 skills, ball control. Ball control um, is huge, really, for teams like, well, the, the Spanish, especially, and we watch them, and, the, you know, even the Italians and the Germans, their first touch is just so much better than ours. And that's just, a, that's simply technique. I think the... I just, Sorry, go on, Chris. But my, my thing about it is, is that people kind of, 
come out as if style now and you know tiki taka kind of football is the only is what has to be taught. But I think football was and there's always been varied styles and varied approaches and mm. this is the kind of fashion at the moment. But that doesn't mean that I think at these younger levels they have to be taught just to play short balls. I think it's just there should be a simple simple levels to certain things rather than just the six foot well, you know, the six foot lad who's thirteen who shouldn't be six foot gets to play up front and so he wins games for people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Well, I mean, it's like sometimes you can watch uh, teams like Barcelona and you can see a pass where they could, you know, cut out half the midfield to the set, to the, to the who, whoever's basically playing forward or if they're playing a forward. And, you know, and, and they should take, you should take the option, really, but they won't take it. They'll pass it out to the sides. So, yeah, and I think if you look at how the German style, they will always go for... However, however long the pass is, it might be very short, it might be quite long, but they'll always go for that penetrating ball. So mm. I think when, you, when, you, when we see Bayern Munich after Pep Guardiola has created them, I think they're going to be this fast team that also look for the really clever through balls. Because you know, there's nothing wrong in football to taking a couple of passes if you can get it up and get a shot on goal. You know, it, it's, but it, but it, it is that quality ball. It's not you know, the big hoof up to the... To, like the under twenty, you know, the under twenty one seem to have that, um, that that tactic where it comes to the goalie and, and one player goes really wide around about the halfway line, and then they <laughs> the goalie sort of hoofs the ball up to him and he tries to head it on, you know, and that was the one tactic that I I, I seem to the only one I can seem to remember that they actually had a tactic for, and it, you know, it's appalling really to think that, you know, you have a player on the halfway line who suddenly moves right wide and the goalie bangs it up to him because you know and he heads it on into nothing really so yeah. I think it is that technique it, and, and, and like you say it doesn't have to be short passing but it, it has to be in, into feet and into players so that they you know and then they take their first touch and control you know they, 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 sometimes watching Bayern Munich they are so quick on the break that you just think wow and see that that's a tactic I think I would have tried in my under 14s football on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I was about five foot three, but it didn't matter because I was fast. Yeah. So, yeah, was, yeah. I mean, how, how do you engage younger, you know, younger footballers who may not always be the best ones as well, considering you often have a mix of talent levels? How do you engage them in a, in a sport where the goal isn't always to win? Um, yeah, well, I think it, it's basically um, what, what I try and do is to. to to give challenges that that that, that they can um, attain. Um, I, I was just the other week. I had one boy who really, really wanted to do stepovers because he really Ronaldo's like one of his heroes. So he was trying to do them, and you know, he persevered over about six weeks, and he couldn't really do them. Then we were playing a match about um, two months ago, and uh, he's, he ran up the wing and he, and he beat the player by doing a stepover. He practiced and practiced, and suddenly he got it. And he, he actually stopped and turned around and shouted to me, "Dave, it works!" You know, and in the meantime, <laughs> got in the meantime, the, all the other defenders have got the ball, and his teammates are, are going mad at him for, for for losing it. But he'd actually worked, and he worked on it himself because he wanted to play that way. Um, and and he, has, he had to be. I mean, I allow him to do that. I allow him to make mistakes. I think that that is another big problem in this country: is if we we see a player trying to do something clever and it doesn't work. Um, then you know everyone's shouting at him, and uh, you know I see it every Saturday morning a player will try back heel or something different, and the coach will go crazy because you know he's not he's tried something that he couldn't do, but he wants to do it. So 
you know, that, that that's the type of thing. I mean, you see, you know, I was watching uh, what Neymar the other night, and what a superb player, and yet often yeah. he will make a mistake and, and he'll lose the ball, but, you know, the next time he'll do it and, uh, you know, he'll score a goal from it. But you it reminds me kind of young, the young development of, it reminds me the development of Joe Cole under kind of Jose Mourinho, yeah. where there was a period where if he tried something daft, he would get a look from Mourinho that said, if you do that again, you're off. Yeah. Yeah, and well, it, it kind of approaches a discipline into things. Yeah, I, I think it does. And Joe Cole, to me, is that one player that we ju- just couldn't fit in, could he? You know, if mm. he lived in Spain or France or, or, or maybe, he, he would have fitted in there. But we, we could never, ever fit him in. And yet, what if he was probably the type of player we've been longing to create. And, and we just don't seem to have any more. And, uh, you know, Joe Cole was a... It was a shame, really, because he did, he, like you say, he did, he did get uh, Mourinho throwing his uh, water bottle down every time Joe Cole lost the ball or tried something different. I think. How do you? Oh, go ahead, Paul. Um, what I was going to say, Chris, sort of touched on it a minute ago. Uh, Chris Lappin. Um, obviously, we're looking at players going forward. There, when you, when you're working with a defender. Um, when I was playing football as you know, a twelve-year-old, it was I was always taught that. If you don't get the ball, you hit the player. Um, and I think that's quite an English trait. Is, is that something you try and take away from uh, from the younger lads? Yeah, and, and um, I think um, with, within what you say, within that, as an English trait, it is. Because when they, when they come to you at five, six or seven, they don't really want to tackle. So when you build that into them, and, and you, you say, okay, well, you support, you know, you parry, you, you jockey them, and then you tackle them, and they won't, they wouldn't naturally, you know, if they if they lose the ball, they wouldn't naturally take him out as he goes yeah. past. Um, so, um, I I think it's more a question of you you talk to them about what you do once once the ta- once you've missed the tackle is that you get up and you try and you know you try and recover rather than try and take the player out. I think it's just as simple as that, really. Um, yeah, I mean you still you know you you still see that happen a lot, don't you? I mean, you know they will watch they do watch the Premier League highlights and then come and uh, play games on Sunday mornings and um, you can always tell you know if, if Wayne Rooney's been there you know you have to sort of say you know they all, they all want to you know all want to shout at the referee and be all clever and, and and you say well that's not really part of the game and that's difficult to take away and I think that the, the Premier League have a lot of responsibility with things like that player behaviour and, and uh, towards referee and things and that's a really difficult thing to um you know to, to take out just the same way that uh, a, a footballer in, in, who playing in the premier league if the guy got past him and he was in their half he probably would just stick out a leg and t- and take the and take the free kick you know, give, yeah um it's in, sorry go on sorry, i was just wondering if when you're teaching young kids you have to almost have to kind of teach their parents a level of restraint as well because you know, i've played with kids who've had dads who shout and holler in a certain way yeah parents parents are a nightmare because you you have to have them obviously because you know they do such a lot for the club and they support the team and they pay and they collect things and they take the kids everywhere but they you know they are really they can be a a real problem uh, when you when you have players on the pitch Um, I had three trialists uh, this summer we were playing a tournament I put three trialists in and the dad of one of them, and this kid, I put him in defence and he was playing really well. 
and the dad of one of them was shouting, he came and stood next to me and he shouted, I don't think anyone's told this coach that you don't play in defence, you know, at the top of his voice. And, um, <laughs> and I stood there thinking, all right, OK. And then, I, and then I continued to play him and he kept shouting, don't worry, don't worry, I'll have you out of defence as soon as I can talk to the coach. I was thinking, this is ridiculous. And I spoke to the kid, you know, he, he didn't mind playing in defence. And then, then he, I moved him into midfield and the, 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 the parents sh- shouting again, he's beginning to get the hang of it. You know, he just—this well, is just crazy. He wanted him to play up front. Yeah, he wanted him to play up front. You know, he put in his fiver back in his pocket because he wasn't going to pay him for it because he hadn't scored a goal. So, um, par- parents do cause—you um, know—they do shout and they cause a lot. They do cause a lot of problems, and they are the ones that shout. You know, get rid of the ball, or they shout. You know, they have their set phrases like "be strong," "get rid of the ball." You know, with centre backs, I've seen the younger centre back comes out. And then he gets tackled by the striker. And then that, for the rest of the game, he'll just back it away as soon as yeah. he gets the ball, rather than try and play properly. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they, um, they, it is, it, it is a bit like that with parents. But, but then you know, you do the, the good thing um, nowadays is that um, you know we, we do have people like Ashley Cole and and all the centre backs, Vidic and all those that are really good. Um, well, I was going to say role models, but in a different way. <laughs> you know, not quite role models, but they are. You know, they they would quite like to be play like Ashley Cole because he gets a lot of, a lot of press. And so, you know, I think the the parents have kind of they bring along this attitude that oh, he's, my son's the striker. You know, that's where he plays. He's got to be up front. And whereas the the the, the children are beginning to lose all that because they can see, you know, throughout all all, all the leagues. Uh, and internationally, that that in fact, you know, being a, a fullback is a pretty good, uh, pretty good position to play in. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think you know that the players can be role models as long as we use them right. It's just that sometimes, you know, you, you just see things on the telly and you just think, well, <laughs> you know, you know what's going to happen on Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting you mentioned the parents there. I don't know if the other guys remember Sky Sports running a a grassroots. Sort of expose about the racism in grassroots football um, right. and the, the pure aggression from the parents. Have you ever had a parent that's actually ran on the pitch before now? Um, yeah, I have actually, because I, um, well, because I, you know, I've done all my uh, my FA badges and, and I did a year uh, co- I did a year uh, refereeing, and I, for some reason, I chose the under 16s, <laughs> which, believe you me, is uh, is unbelievable what you get from the under 16s because you know they're just that age where they think they know it all every single decision they argue against so anyway I gave a um, I gave a penalty to in, in this game and all the players were I mean it was you know it was just a blatant penalty and all the players were around me and I could hear the parents all going oh, oh crazy crazy anyway when they ran up to take the penalty the players in the opposition all they were all ran into the box before he hit the ball and he and he skied it over the bar and so I just I was just stood they were all cheering so I, I just stood there in the penalty area and I said it's a retake and at that point this bloke ran onto the pitch and was swearing away at me shouting you effing cheat you know and all, all and I said well um, you know hot, you know there's nothing I can do about it you know your the players have encroached uh, and and so. Um, they took the penalty and missed again, didn't they? And this guy just kept running on. And I, I've never seen anyone so over. He had his face right up against me, shouting and screaming, you know. And um, and and that, that's a real problem. And the problem is that if I go, if I give yellow cards or if I give red cards to the parents or any of the players at under 16 in grassroots, I then have to come home 
and write a report to the FA and if the club then then because they get fined and then they'll come back to the FA and then I have to go up so the FA don't make it easy for you to give out red and yellow cards for people swearing or, or for bad behaviour so it is quite difficult I think Re- refereeing I, you know I, I did my one year and uh, thought thank, thank, thank for it so <laughs> back to being a coach and you know, just, just have the parents of your own team showing it um, I mean I think that's probably a, a good spot to, to end the interview tonight David because that's given me visions of Martin Keown and Ruud van Nistelrooy <laughs> And it's quite a scary mental vision that I want to get rid of. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight. tonight. I'm sure the other guys will agree with me. Uh, and hopefully yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll come right. back on in the future. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I have no problem with that. Um, yeah, any time you want me to come on, that'll be great. I've, I've enjoyed it tonight. It's good. It's it's not, you know, it's great to talk about these things because there's so much to discuss and, and uh, you know, a lot to put in place, I think. No, thanks very much. No, not a problem. Thanks for coming on, David. Thanks a lot. Really enjoyed okay. it. Really enjoyed it, David. Thank you. Great. Okay. Good night. Bye. Bye.